To the finish, I feel the spirit moving through the city. I got the light shining, come get it. Walking with Christ, moving where it's gritty. Walking with Christ, moving where it's gritty. I feel the spirit moving through the city. I see the people trying to bring them with me. We got a light, tell them come and get it. Yeah. Walk, 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 walk. I walk, 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 walk. Welcome to today's episode. I'm going to be interviewing Emma Marlette. Emma Marlette is a faith-based leadership coach and um, a lot more than that as well. So welcome to the show, Emma. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. Of course. How's it going? Good. I'm so excited to be here and with the glory generation. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for being here. Super excited for the audience to get to know you. And um, I know a lot about your story Mm -hmm. and a lot about your testimony and what you're doing. Um, and I think it's super um, important for everybody else to to get to know that as well. So why don't you start by telling us um, a little bit about yourself, what you do, and then um, we can talk about your testimony as well. Okay, yeah. sounds good. And you just ask me if I'm missing something since you already do know a lot. Perfect. Awesome. Sounds great. So as you've shared already, I'm a leadership mindset coach, faith-based specifically, which it wasn't faith-based for when I started. So that's part of my testimony for sure. But got into it in the mindset world in golf when I was in high school. Started playing golf in high school and college. And that's where I learned about personal development, the power of our minds, sports psychology, all of that. And that led me down the journey of the power of your mind when you're working and I was in sales for a few years and loved the competition of sales, but just was unfortunately in some pretty volatile organizations, which led me to think, how do I merge what I would learned on the golf course into the corporate world? And that's how I found coaching. And then I did a certification and I said, you know what? I think I could do this. And God gave me the green light. And six months into the certification, I took the leap of faith zero clue of how to run a business, how to get clients on your own, what does it even look like, learned through a lot of failures. And in those first six months, I had clients. My whole business has been referral-based, which is amazing. Um, We're in California, but I'm originally an East Coast girl. So that's part of my journey is moving. And part of my testimony is moving from North Carolina to Denver without knowing anyone, selling my car, having no clue where I was going to live, what my job was going to be. So all of this, I believe my story with God is a leap of faith is how I describe it. Wow. Even before I knew God, it was a leap of faith. Things were happening where I was just jumping off the deep end. That's amazing. Um, I want to kind of roll back to something that you said at the beginning, um, which I think would be a great introduction to your faith story, which is you said you didn't start off as a faith-based leadership coach. That's Mm -hmm. something that ended up happening later on. So um, I want to know about how that, like how that transition took place and um, how it affected your business. Was it um, a negative effect, a positive effect? Yeah. You know, so tell, tell me like, how did that happen? So when I started my certification program, I was walking with God. I was in a relationship with Jesus for about two years at that point when I did the certification program. And a lot of personal development certifications are not faith-based. I'm just now learning about that there are certifications that are faith-based, which is amazing. 
So I was one of the only people in that certification program that believed in God and claimed Jesus' name. I was walking with Jesus and I was very open about it, but was fearful of being open about it with clients, was afraid that I wouldn't get clients, that I I didn't want to shun people away. It was really the story in my head and was afraid that if I put faith-based, people aren't going to take me seriously. So I just said, all right, it's just going to be leadership mindset for professionals. Yeah. And we'll go from there. And I would shy away from these conversations with my clients, but notice like the missing link in personal development is the lack of God, the lack of Jesus. Wow. And was noticing like clients having issues and we're trying to like help them with their issues through worldly band-aids is how I see it. The tools are powerful, but if they're not used through the gospel and they're not used with Jesus, there's not real healing happening. And so the transition started where I started to get Christian clients without even advertising that I was a Christian coach. And I noticed that because of when you claim Jesus's name, yeah, you will attract the same thing. God will put you in front of people that he needs you to pour into and call these leaders to owning their faith in their businesses. So I started seeing like there is something happening here in these clients that are believers that's not happening with my non-believer clients. And why am I robbing my non-believer clients of an opportunity to have this conversation? Because I'm scared? Like, that's that's not fair to them. It's my job as a believer to share the gospel. So I started praying on it and just asking God, like, how do you want me to have these conversations? Give me an opportunity to have these conversations with people who don't believe in you. Yeah. And he was giving me the opportunities and they started praying and things started shifting. Some of my clients started to come to Jesus because of this. Hold on, time out. So yeah. you started talking to your non-Christian clients mm-hmm. about God who then started praying and started believing in Jesus. Yes. Some of them have come to Jesus all because you decided not to be ashamed or embarrassed about your faith and just be bold about it, right? Yeah. That's wild. So tell me more about, that's super exciting. Tell me how your faith-based clients' lives were impacted and your- Well, before I even say that, I still hadn't changed the title on like my website. I hadn't changed the copy. I hadn't changed anything advertising wise on I'm working with people specifically through the perspective of faith on mindset and leadership. So that was just a a mind shift. That was just a shift that took place in your mind before you even started advertising it. God started sending you christian clients and i yeah started sending me christian clients which then created courage in me to start having these conversations with my non-believer clients and that was all the holy spirit because i would choose to not have those conversations i think that's i think that's worth pausing on for a second because you nothing no you didn't change any actions at this point it was just a a heart posture change you decided okay i'm going to be obedient to what God is calling me to do. And God started moving yeah. upon your obedience before you changed anything or advertised mm-hmm. or changed your website. That's, that's amazing. Even as you're Just saying that, that yeah. I'm being reminded of there was a moment where I realized this business is no longer my business. Wow. Like when I, if I'm being honest, like when I started the business was like, I'm going to have freedom. No one's going to tell me how to use my schedule. I'm going to help people. I can do whatever I want with my time. Yeah. And it was probably like a year, year and a half ago where I started to really notice like, this isn't your business. 
God called you to this vessel to walk out and care for. It's not yours. So if it's not yours, then what should you be doing with it? Sharing the gospel. Breaking the stigma of when we're in personal development, we that's we don't talk about politics. We don't talk about religion. Yeah, separating business and yeah. and and religion. Wow. So okay, so this is this is great. So you start so you made that you made that decision in your mind. You decided to be obedient. God starts sending you Christian clients. That gives you courage to start owning this. And then what happens? So I start owning it and I say, okay, I'm going to change stuff on my website. I'm going to make it known publicly when I speak to people and they ask me, what's your like foundation of your coaching style? What do you teach? All of that. Yeah. It's going to come from a Christian perspective, yeah. regardless if I know this person is a believer or not of Jesus. Yeah. They get a decision. The Holy Spirit will move for them to decide to either work with me or not. And it was it was a freeing moment because I before that it was very like, oh, I have to conform to whatever person I'm talking to so that I can support them. And it was it was all about me, me being fearful of like, is this person going to say yes to working with me? Because of that, I've had more clients like all of this relinquished. I have more clients. I don't have to worry about where my clients are coming from. They're all referral based. It's it's been a massive blessing to my mindset too. Like I have more peace. The anxiety has been lifted. I'm stepping into launching the podcast, which you know, and being more bold about the things that I want to do in the world that God has given me as my gifts. Wow. So that's uh we're definitely gonna talk about your podcast. Um, but I think that it's just so important to to, I want to focus on something that you said, or this actually even your your whole uh, story so far. It's just I feel like there's a lot of people who are afraid to do things God's way. Um, they try to keep their faith separate from their business or from their other parts of their life. They try to compartmentalize their faith and their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and your story is an example of what it looks like when you actually fully consecrate yourself, everything about yourself, your business, you don't hold anything back from God. And just the proof of the evidence of God blessing, taking over your business and blessing that commitment that you make to him. And I think that's, that's just, that's amazing. Like I've, I've been hearing about not just your story, but just multiple stories of people who are committing themselves to God and experiencing this abundance. Um, so I think it's really cool for people to hear that this is what happens when when you give God control. This is what happens when you give, when you put it in God's hands. This is what happens when you seek first the kingdom of God. Uh, he takes care of it. Yeah. So thank you for, for sharing that. That's of powerful. I have something I want to share on that too, is yeah. I'm thinking as you're saying this, I'm having flashes of clients that I've worked with and currently working with that because of me saying, okay, God, this business is all yours. It has shifted the questions I ask my clients. It's shifted the the challenges I, I bring to them Yeah, that now they are doing the same thing. There's people who I've worked with that they are no longer like choosing to get a divorce there there is there are clients that i have that run businesses with business partners who are not believers and instead of seeing it as these people are conflicting 
they're choosing to pray over these relationships. It's people walking in purity because of these conversations that we're having. It's no longer just about mindset. It's no longer just about how much money these people are making or what their schedules look like. To be honest, we basically just have like time with Jesus together. And to think I'm getting paid for this, I'm like, this doesn't even seem right. Like, God. Wow. But these people are having transformative moments with God because of their time in the secret place. Like they're taking that seriously and that's and we're praying together and having true conversation of what does it look like to live in obedience in all areas of life, not just from the outside. Wow. That's amazing. So, I mean, I just as you're saying that, I just feel like God wants to heal people. Like God wants us to experience true healing, true transformation. And like you talked about earlier, the self-development and personal development world has a lot of great resources, but they're missing the key yeah. elements. Yeah. And that is we can only experience true transformation and renewing of our mind when we're in relationship with Jesus, when we are obedient and doing it God's way. So he has, he has the, the, he has it all laid out. He has the, the personal development routine, the, the, the changes, the mindset, all of that's in the word of God. Um, and he wants to heal us and he wants to transform us, but we just have to be willing to say yes to doing it his way. So that's amazing. As you say that, I, I just hear God be like, I am the first and only true personal development coach. Like I have all of the wisdom for you. If you would just seek me, you could get it. That's what Trust awesome. me. Like I think of Proverbs. It's like the best business 101 tool. Yes. You don't need to go to business school. <laughs> Read Proverbs. Seriously, study Proverbs. Yeah. Reminds me of a book that I read uh, by by uh, Stephen K. Scott. Um, he was a, uh, he, was a, he was in his early 20s. He had failed out a lot of, businesses and got fired from a lot of jobs and his spiritual mentor told him i want you to study the book of proverbs uh for the next two years i want you to read the proverb of the day so today's march 1st i want you to read proverbs one proverbs one uh chapter one and so on and so forth and within two years he said you'll be smarter than your your employers and richer than your employers within six months of studying proverbs applying it to his life because just studying it alone isn't enough, right? You have to, application is necessary. Yes. Um, he experienced an insane amount of transformation in his life, his business, his relationship with his wife, his relationship with his family. So six months, that's six nothing. Months, six, six months, yeah. The word of God is alive. Like the word of God is not just words on a, an ancient document. It is the inspired God breathed, yeah. Word of God. Like, and if we do what it says, we will experience abundance, prosperity, peace, etc. Like, we just gotta do it. Because we're not doing it alone. That's this thing that I think people miss. Like, even like clients I have that were walking with God and they believe in God and they're going to church, you know, on the outside they'd say, Yeah, I'm I'm walking with Jesus is the missing link of like true belief that you're when you step into real surrender and obedience with god you're not doing it alone like we can all go to church on sunday yeah we can all read our bible and say our prayers but if you don't have real faith in the fact that you there's a supernatural god 
that has ability to handle everything through your actions. Yeah. You're not doing it alone. Like that's the best business partner you could ever have. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. So we know about, that's awesome part of your testimony about your, your business. Tell me about, or tell the audience more about your, um, your testimony of how you came to Christ. Um, and did you start taking your relationship seriously, you know, as soon as you got saved or was it a process? How did... Yeah. Great question. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause everyone's story is so different too. Like it's not always like a black and white situation. Right. So I grew up Catholic, went to church every Sunday, pretty much growing up with the family and then sports happened. And so we kind of stopped going regularly, but it was still like known in our house. Like we believe in God, we, we say grace, you know, yeah. those types of things and nothing knock on my parents. That's, that's what they thought was good. So it's like, we don't know, we don't know type of thing. Totally. And then in high school, I started to just rebel against what most kids I feel like experience. Like you either choose like you're a really great kid or you start to explore things. And in the culture that I grew up in, it was very like we drink and we have sex. We have time where we like smoke weed. And then it's like also though, like the double double side it's like living a double life is we're like good students who are polite kids who play sports or play musical instruments and you excel so it's like everyone was living this double life thought it was normal like if you had an off weekend you just went crazy did whatever you wanted and no thought to what i was doing to my body no thought to anything that damage i was causing to my mental well-being either everyone was doing it, it was fun even to an extent like I'm not going to lie and say that sin is not fun. Like, if it wasn't fun, we wouldn't do it. Right. So that happened all through high school and college. That's my story of, like, I lived a double life. Like, from the outside, if you didn't really know me, you would have no clue that I was using alcohol as a way to suppress emotions. I was using relation unhealthy relationships and sex to suppress emotions and gain, and gain adequacy and value through people. Um, and gain control even to an extent of some of those emotions. And that happened at a, started at a young age. So you can imagine then it's like you have layers of stuff. Yeah. I moved to Denver. So I felt before I even knew God, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I did not know it was the Holy Spirit though. Yeah. I had an impression that you're to move to Denver. I was traveling there for work a lot. And I felt like God say, move there for your family. And I was like, that's weird because my family lives in North Carolina. Why would I move? for them yeah so as that unfolded within the first four weeks i met someone who became one of my best friends and she introduced me to a church i got introduced to a bible study and within the first four weeks of being there god was already like opening up my mind and i had a moment just to like rewind for a second i had a moment a couple months before i moved that i started thinking i need to figure out what i believe in like, and I need to take this seriously. This was before you were introduced to church. Yeah, before I was introduced to church, like about two or three months before I moved, I had a conversation with someone, asked them what they believed in, and realized I have no clue what I believe in. So I can't even be asking this question. So before all of this, you had you hadn't gone to church. You weren't you weren't you know you weren't introduced to anything other than what you grew up. Yeah, I would go to like mass on Sundays in college and I'd go to mass even after I graduated for like a year. But there was no relationship. It was truly just like religion. I go to church to be a good girl. 
forgive me for my sins type of situation. Yeah. And then had that conversation with someone, felt like God impressed on my heart to move to Denver for my family and said, okay, like I'll do it. And if God wants me there, help me find a car, help me find a job, a place to live within the first four weeks. I had a job, a car, a place to live, and I found a church and a Bible study and had already been making friends. So I was like, all right, I'm supposed to be here. Clearly, the doors are opening. In those four years, life was fully transformed, and it was a slow progression. Like, went to church and was like, God is real. I, I accept Jesus into my life. Yeah. And then within that first year, I was dating someone, still like kind of sleeping together, feeling guilty type of situation. And then that relationship ended and I was like, you've got to start taking this seriously. Like God's trying to do something through you, but you're not going to experience it if you just keep disobeying. Yeah. So that happened. That was a shift in walking in true holiness. And that's when things started to really happen. Then I started doing the coaching course and realizing like, wow, this destructive behavior since I was 14 has just like caused so much like back and forth in my mind and not believing in myself and just not feeling valued. Just layers upon layers that you don't realize until you get into an intimate relationship with Jesus. Yeah. That's, thank you for sharing that. That's, that's awesome. And it, what I heard um, you say towards the end was once you committed to a life of holiness and decided that I have to be obedient, even though it's not fun or comfortable, that's when things started to unfold even more for you. And you, yeah. so, so how did that step of obedience lead to you experiencing God more in your life? Yeah. Before I answer that question, I, I feel like we should describe what holiness means in case someone doesn't know what that is. Sure. And I'm, I am having a flashback image of like how I even got to be able to walk in that obedience. So that church that I started going to, the Bible study that this person invited me to was a group of women. They were all older than me, not that much older than me, between five to 10 years older than me yeah. at the time. And they had all been walking in faith already for a handful of years, some of them more than that. And most of them were walking in purity. And one of the girls started openly like talking about her past during a Bible study one time and sharing and asking for forgiveness for things that happened like years before that moment. But she was feeling the guilt of it. And I remember sitting there being like, gosh, like I have stuff that I need to pluck out. Like, I don't want to be carrying that anymore. So witnessing people talking about this, repenting of our sins and sharing openly to get forgiveness from God, but also to learn what it is to forgive ourselves from things that maybe we weren't even aware of that we were doing at the time. And then choosing to live in holiness is to be obedient of God's will and to not be sleeping with people, to not be getting drunk and, and being aggressively stupid in that way. And our thoughts and all of those, the commandments, but having accountability, like I couldn't have walked in holiness alone. Like, it's so easy to slip when you're doing it alone. But when you have at least one other person being like, hey, how's it going? What are you doing? Like, why are you doing that? Remember what God asked of you. Yeah, the importance of community. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the, the body of Christ, right? Like, we all need somebody. We all need each other. Um, that's why 
I love the illustration that Jesus uses as the church as a body because the body is connected in every single area. So I was even learning about that recently with my back pain. Like, yeah, back is connected to my lower back, connected to my legs, connected to my, you know, like my hamstrings. So if my hamstrings tight, mm-hmm. then my back. So it's all connected. Yeah. It's the way that we are supposed to be connected. Um, one part of the body can't function without another part. Just Good. like, you know, just like as believers, we cannot complete or walk in holiness or walk in relationship with God without each other. So I think that's um, that's awesome. Thanks for defining holiness, which is just doing things God's way. Holy, I mean, and, and holy means set apart. So when we are holy, that means we are set apart for, for God. So we're doing things God's way. Yes. We're doing things the way that God commanded us to do them. Yeah. Your question was what shifted? Yeah. So um, when you started, when you chose, when you made the decision to start walking in obedience, to start walking in holiness, um, what shifted? How did your life change from when you accepted Christ, but you were still living in sin uh-huh. uh, versus when you made the decision, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to do it God's way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So much changed. And the thing about living in community is you see a wit, you get to witness God moving in other people's lives in them living in holiness. It, it takes the fear away. So I had witnessed one of my girlfriends living in full holiness and obedience to God. And there were blessings on blessings being poured out over this girl. Wow. And I'm like, I want that. I want to live a life where I'm being bold. I want to live a life where I feel free to just be fully who God created me to be, not be anxious, loving life, expectant, happy, and and not just the worldly blessings of of finances and all of these physical things and relationships, but and to even say, like, that individual desired something and she hadn't even gotten it, which was marriage. And I still was just so attracted to what she had that God was giving her. And what shifted when I stepped into, like, okay, God, we're going to do this your way, yeah. was peace of mind towards who I am, real confidence. I always will say, like, I've always been a confident person, but I think it was fake confidence, like, fake it till you make it confidence type of thing. Yeah. Because I no longer, when I started walking in holiness, I realized this isn't just me. It's me and God. And so I don't need to be fully confident in my ability because he has He has all the power to use me and do things through me. So I don't need to know everything. I'm going to be smart and go, you know, gather knowledge and wisdom, of course. But he's yeah. going to bestow things on me that I cannot physically do sometimes. So the shift in just like how I saw myself, the shift in how I saw other people, I started to experience a lot of forgiveness towards my family and towards friends and just things that had happened in my life that I was carrying. So a lot of resentment was pulled up. Anxiety went away. And I, in, in this business, what I said earlier, I surrendered the whole business and just said, it's yours, God, do whatever you want. Yeah. And got to experience the financial blessing of that too. Sure. I want to um, I want to get some clarity around you so I think it's we hear a, a lot of times um, we hear about people that surrender their lives to Christ 
and their lives get better, mm-hmm. their anxiety goes away. What was that like? What was that like? How did you experience that? Was it a process? Was it instant? As soon as you said yes to Jesus, those things went away. Like it happens like totally. that for some people. So like explain to someone who can be like, how, mm-hmm. how does accepting Christ, how does giving my life to Jesus equate to me not yeah. being anxious anymore or forgiving my parents or living in freedom? So totally. How did that happen for you? My whole story with God is in overtime, not an overnight yeah. story. And I think the overnight stories are amazing and that's powerful. And I love witnessing God do that. And I do believe that has something to do with faith. Like people who that happens to, it's like their faith is freaking on fire. They've surrendered it all to God. And I personally know, I can say that I didn't, I was not surrendering everything to God all at once, which I do believe is why it's been an overtime process is we don't get to experience all of the blessings if we're not fully giving it all to God. So the anxiety was around my finances, getting into debt and then having this anxious feeling of how it made me feel. It made me feel like I was a lack thereof. I was just like a loser, all these different thoughts. And I realized I'm like, God wants to renew my mind in how I view money. Like if I'm getting anxious, that means I'm idolizing money. Yeah, And I'm idolizing the physical. And there was a moment where I had like a, an extreme, like just emotional breakdown around money. Yeah, And that's, that was the wake up call of like, I've got to bring God into this because I'm trying to do it on my own. And I would say that moment was instant, but to get to that moment took time. Yeah. That's powerful. I love that. It's the, it's almost like the level of faith that we have will determine the level of deliverance or transformation that we experience. Yeah. So you were releasing and surrendering bits at a time. And every single time you surrendered a part, you experienced freedom and deliverance in that area. Mm-hmm. And then you started surrendering another area and you experienced freedom and delivering in that area. So it sounds like when we decide to surrender, that's when God, we, we give God permission to come in and change the situation, to change the scene. And like you said, which was super powerful, some people have that faith of like that, that childlike faith that God's going to just mm-hmm. change it all. So they surrender it all. They, they, they give it all up at that moment and everything changes right then and there. So I think that's like, that's a powerful, like realization or revelation, um, that we both, I I experienced, I don't know if it, you or not, but, and, and you sharing that, which is. And something that's coming to mind as you're saying this is like, there were times where I thought I was giving it all to God. Like I'd be at a church service and I'm in worship and I'm like, God, you can have it all. Like, and I'm like, but it was like a, almost like I was trying to force myself. It wasn't a real surrender. It's like when you say a prayer without faith, like you're just like throwing up some words. Yeah. That's, that's not prayer with the spirit. That's just prayer to say I prayed, but I didn't know that. And that's a spiritual maturity thing too, that I had to learn over time of like, Real surrender is not just me saying, God, you can have it all. It's it's a huge heart posture of it being plucked out of your heart and 
put on the table and saying, God, literally, it's all yours because I can't do it alone anymore. Yeah. And now that I've, the finance one was a huge one for me. I didn't realize that that was actually the thing that I needed to learn about surrender because because of that, now I'm able to surrender literally everything. I'm like, take it. Yeah. I don't want to do this alone. Yeah. I think that's, that's powerful also, like, we have to really be ready to let go of that situation that we're saying we surrender. So um, it's like, it's not just about words, like God is a God of actions. So he doesn't just say words, he backs it up with actions and he expects us to do the same thing. So if we say we're gonna surrender this area of our life, we have to be ready for it to change. Yes. We have to really let it go. And be ready to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Because surrender doesn't mean now like, oh, this is amazing and this is just like a really fun, easy ride. Yeah. It's made it more adventurous. The anxiety is gone, but it's still adventurous. And it calls me to every single day go to God about these things that I know are trigger points for me to want to control and hold on to. So like in my business with money is knowing like, hey, God, like, this month is changing a little bit because certain clients are are finished with their contract or I don't know if they're going to resign. Like I'm I'm handing it to you on knowing that there is an unknown here and that show me what door to walk through. Show me what conversations to have. Show me where you need me to show up and not for me to be blessed, but so you can use me because I know that when you use me, you will bless me. Yeah. That's powerful. What came to my mind was it, is the, the, the everyday part of what you said. So sometimes we can surrender it in a moment of feeling convicted, of feeling um, the power, the presence of God in that moment, and we feel confident or comfortable enough to surrender it. But it's not enough to do it one time. We have to surrender that every single day because if it's something that has a hold on you, if it's something that affects your everyday life, like finances that do, then it's not going to be some. It's not going to be as easy as giving it away yeah. once. Yeah, you have to. It's a decision that you have to make every single day. And it reminds me of the verse. I don't remember the, the address, but it's we pick up our cross daily mm-hmm. and follow Christ. It's a decision that we have to make every single day to leave that behind and to trust God. And that's something that I've experienced in my life too. It's like. I have to go to God every single day. I have to remind myself with who God is every single day. Otherwise, my circumstance feels bigger than God does. Yes. But when I when I go, like you mentioned, the secret place earlier, when I go to the secret place, when I meet with God in that place where it's just, it's just me and God and I'm 100% raw, 100% real and vulnerable before him, and I remind myself like, my God, my heavenly father is the creator of the universe. If he says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Uh, he loves me. He's going to take care of me. I'm just living in that reality. But for me, it's something that I have to go. I have to be in his presence every day. Otherwise, my circumstances okay. or the weight of things weigh me down. God. And I think that's the way God intended it to be. Like He, does, he never intended it for us to do it on our own. No. Yeah. So... Um, and I think you said that when you experienced that with your finances, it was easier to experience it with other things. Yes. Yeah. 
the image that I shared with you yesterday that God gave me when I was walking about exposure. Yeah. It keeps playing in my mind. Sure. Of the intimacy. So when I'm talking about exposure, I'm not talking about exposure of like being on the news or something like that. I'm talking about intimate, vulnerable communication exposure yeah. and relationship exposure. So yesterday when I was, was on a walk, I felt like God was ministering to me about exposure and what that is. And I was asking him to, to reshape my relationship to what it is to be intimately and emotionally exposed. Vulnerable. And vulnerable. And God gave me the image of Jesus on the cross, naked, dying for our sins. And the thought of Jesus was naked when he died. That's the most vulnerable and exposed you could be. But it was the closest he ever was to God. And when we are exposed, it's the closest we ever are to God. He doesn't want anything in between us. So to what you're saying about like going to God always about everything and to be exposed to have those vulnerable conversations is the closest that you can be to God. Like that's so beautiful. It removes that like anxiety of control. There's no layers between you and God. No. Your heart open mm -hmm. and exposed before him. Just seeing Jesus, imagining. And when you shared that with me, it was my first time um, really just um, imagining Jesus on the cross in that way. And I've imagined Jesus on the cross before, but not in the context of exposure. Um, and just imagining him just fully exposed yeah. before the people who persecuted him and before God and realizing him realizing the value in that exposure him seeing the aftermath of that exposure what what it was going to lead to wow the deliverance of so many people because of his willingness to be exposed and as I'm saying that, good. I'm realizing like our exposure with one another, with our community, with our friends, with our partners has the ability to deliver us because we peel back those layers and it's just, we can see transparently through each other and that, that has power to free us. It's just raw and bare and open. Mm -hmm. So powerful. Yeah. It makes me think of like God as our father. Yeah. Like a father can help you and guide you and lead you, but he can only guide you based off what he knows of you and what you allow him into. So you can't get the help and support and love that you desire if you're not willing to expose the innards of your mind and your heart. Allow him into is because he knows everything about us, but he's a gentleman. He's not going to push himself upon us. He's not going to invade areas of our life unless he's invited, unless we ask him to come in. So having that time, that one-on-one -on -one time is the most important thing that we can do for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we talk about investing in ourselves a lot, 
but investing the best investment that we can make in ourselves is investing in our relationship mm -hmm. with God. There is no greater investment, if you want to call it that, than investing in our relationship with God, investing in our time with the person, with the God who created us, mm -hmm. who knows all things, sees all things, not limited by anything, allowing him to lead us, to guide us, to heal us, to clean us, to purify us. There's so many songs about, like, refine me. God, may there be a fresh fire. Yeah. New wine skins. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because we're talking about this. Like, the whole conversation was, like, the testimony. Yeah. Which includes personal development. And that was a shift is the personal development is no longer about the books that I'm reading, but instead asking God to refine me, asking God to prepare me, asking God to show me what are the new wineskins? How, how do I receive those new wineskins? The new fire, God, yeah. burn the old. Yeah. That was the best personal development. And what you're saying about the exposure that only, and the vulnerability only could happen in those conversations with God of saying, come in here, God, like, search my heart pull out this this gunk that i'm trying to carry with me yeah yeah we talk we tell god to refine us we ask him to purify us we ask him to make us a new wineskin and then it's like we don't we we don't give him any time to do yeah. it we don't sit before him and allow him to shine that light into the dark places of our heart of our mind to bring light in and to be uncomfortable yeah. with, you know, it's uncomfortable even feeling those feelings and bringing them up and talking about them. But if we don't do that, how is he going to refine us? If yeah. every time we're in an uncomfortable situation, we run away from it or we distract ourselves so much that we don't have time mm -hmm. to deal with them, mm -hmm. we don't really want to be refined. Yeah. That's something I was going to bring up because we can pray to be refined. We can pray to be prepared. We can pray for God to give us new wineskins and renew our hearts and heart surgery. You can, you can say all these things, but if your schedule is packed from the time you wake up until the time you go to bed and you're not sitting there, not, not even just reading your Bible, I'm talking about just sitting there with God in silence or on a walk with God in silence. No worship music, just you and God and your mouth shut. You can't hear your father speaking to you or even like in those uncomfortable conversations you might have with someone or in an uncomfortable thing that God's calling you to do and then going to him and saying, God, like this is really uncomfortable. Why is this so uncomfortable for me? And bringing it to him and having him shine that light on that you're talking about. Like every time we bring something to God, he's shining the light and saying, look, this is what's happening. That's why you're scared. That's why you're feeling this way. That's why you're feeling overwhelmed. You're, you're afraid of letting that, that person in. You're afraid of letting me in so that I can, I can bless you. You're afraid of what people are going to think of you. And he shines that light on an attack of the enemy. He shines the light on things that were said when we were kids. He, he's the real counselor. He, it's in songs. He's, he's our counselor. I'm not saying you shouldn't go to therapy. Therapists are amazing and they have a gift. But like they are also being used... God is using them and working through them. Well, 
I'm just processing all of it. Good. Because it's so good. Yeah. Wow. The shining of a light. Like that that definitely was not me. That was all the Holy Spirit because I'm thinking like those conversations with him in the moments where we're feeling inadequate or whatever's coming up. Yeah. Anxious are the defining moments of we can either go back to the devil's ways and in the darkness and hiding. Or we can choose to be exposed and live in real freedom. Yeah. Yeah, I was just just yesterday or a few days ago, I was um, experiencing a lot of emotions that I haven't felt in a long time. And a lot of emotions that I felt I had, I thought had been dealt with, but as they were coming back up, I realized they weren't ever dealt with. They were just stuffed or buried or swept under the rug. I was, I was distracted. Mm -hmm. And when I was in that situation where it triggered those emotions, I felt them again. And I just felt like they were just a huge mountain. Um, so I did what I've been training myself to do, which is go to God's presence, go to the secret place, go meet with God about it. And I did. And the mountain that I felt like I had to climb to overcome these emotions in that time with God felt like a molehill, felt wow. like a tiny little bump compared to the mountain that I saw. So I literally felt like Jesus was taking me back into some of the these painful experiences and he was showing me that he was with me and rewriting the script that I had written in those situations and showing me like a new perspective and how to look at them and reframe them in a new way. Um, but if I had ran away from that, those emotions, if I had tried to go the opposite direction, distract myself from feeling those feelings, um, or go to, you know, just do something else, get busy, be busy. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to experience that healing moment with God, yeah. which was so powerful, which was so peaceful, which didn't feel as hard as I thought it, it did before that. It's good. Amazing. This is, this is popping up in my brain and I, I've not dove enough into this to know if this is true or not and if there's research on it. So yeah. it's just a thought, but you saying like, okay, I, I ran to the emotions. Like I ran to them with God and said like, help me. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't go and hide and run to something else to avoid the emotion. Yeah. And I think sometimes in our culture, it's always about like, do what makes you feel good and like have fun and just kind of carefree, whatever you want to do. Which in my opinion means that like you just avoid all the gunk, like you avoid the emotions that aren't really that fun to deal with. And in what happens then is those those layers start to happen and you for, you think it's been dealt with, but really it's like you said, it's just under the rug. 
because oh I didn't want I don't want to feel this way I don't I don't want to have to deal with this but it was like 24 hours 48 hours later that God made that mountain into a molehill yeah because you were willing to show him everything you were willing to give it all to him yeah. in those emotions rather than I'm going to go make myself feel good yeah and that I think that ties back to what you were we were talking about earlier in your situation where it's God will deliver us instantly I believe as as long as we're bringing it to him, yeah. you know, when we when we don't address it, when we hold it back, when we don't surrender it to him, even our pain, even the, even the hard stuff, we have to bring it before him and surrender it to him. He will take care of it instantly. He doesn't, you know. So we just have to learn to we have to learn to come before God to experience that intimacy to recognize his voice to differentiate between ours and his and that all takes practice that all takes time spending time with him day after day after day after day and it's impossible not to recognize his voice when you're seeking it every single day when you're intentionally putting yourself in a position to hear it you're reading his word, you're praying, you're quieting yourself, you're focusing on him, you're meditating on him. And that's the most important thing, like we were talking about earlier, that's the most important thing we can do, the best investment we can make for ourselves. And just, this is something that you, I don't think you mentioned in this uh, conversation, but just because I I know you, I, 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 want, I, want, I want you to talk about it, which is, um, you know, the more you've surrendered your time to God, you've experienced him blessing your business. You want to, can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, I can. Can I say one more thing on what we were just talking about? Of course. Around emotions yeah. is the feel good emotions. Like when we live in that place of like always wanting to feel good, that's why I was living in sin. So instead of intentionally seeking God to heal my emotions, before and now that I'm walking with Christ is I was walking in sin and wanting to go to things that made me feel good. So it's it's why when we don't want to deal with our emotions, we then say, okay, I'm going to go find something that makes me feel good. And a lot of those things are attached to sin, you know, getting drunk, doing drugs, sleeping around, blah, 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 the list goes on. Yeah. And anger, just acting out, like the suppression of all things that could, that truly need to be healed are being masked with things that are sinful. So that that's, I think, a lot of people's testimony is like, why do we do these things? We do them because we don't want to deal with the reality of what's actually happening. Wow. Yes, those things are perceived as like amazing at first, and then sometimes we get addicted to them. But also sometimes we go to them because it, we, it gives us something. A temporary relief. Exactly. Yeah. It's good. So I just wanted to tie that loose end up because I was thinking about like, how, how does one choose sin? Exactly what, yeah, fill a void, feel better. Yeah. Like, of course. Yeah. Let's go get hammered. Yeah. That sounds like a way better idea than sitting here and dealing with these emotions. Yeah. No, God's like, come to me. Yeah. It's harder to go to God right, right then and there. It's hard. That's, that's the hard part. It's easier to put that, that bandaid on it and go get drunk and go, you know, but the long-term repercussions mm -hmm. of sin mm -hmm. is 
bondage, is enslaving, is just pain and misery. You know, so eventually you're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to deal with, do you want to deal with it right now or do you want to deal with it um, in AA with, you know, trying to get over your addiction and all the other sins that have accumulated as a result of you seeking something else before seeking yeah. God. And it might not be you're drinking. It might not be that you're sleeping around and watching porn. It might be that your avoidance tactic is overworking. Your avoidance tactic is being on your phone excessively. Like it, it could be something that, or working out excessively or eating watching like TV. TV, like anything that is holding us from deeper relationship with God is idolization of something else that that thing is going to be our healer, our protector, provider, et cetera. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an escape. It's trying to fill a void with something other than what that void was meant to be filled with. Yeah. It's really good. Okay. So you asked me about time. Can you repeat the question? So I was, I, I was asking you because I, it's our, our culture, our society is, um, is very, lately has been, it's, there's this, this hustle culture that's kind of invaded our, our social medias. Um, and there's all of these advocates for the hustle culture and grinding and, you know, being self-made and doing it on your own. And like me and Gerald have talked about this a few times before whereas that that hustle that hustle culture is very contrary to the way that god operates and i think it um it sounds good to a lot of people um but when it comes time to take action and actually give up time that i'll be working on my business time that i should be doing x y and z to further my career um or spending time with God, we pick the things that we can control, which is spending time on my business, building my career, doing X, Y, and Z. Um, ultimately, it comes from a place of a lack of trust, mm. a lack of faith that God's actually going to come through. So because I've heard about some of your experiences, I've, I want you to talk about how you've seen that actually happen in your yeah. life. I mean, I know for a fact this is something that started when I was a young child. Yeah. Not knocking my parents. Yeah. Like, this was very much instilled in them. And I think our parents' generation, that was just what it was. You work really hard. You grind. Like, that's how you equal success, right? Yeah. And discipline. And I'm not saying to not work hard and not be disciplined. Yeah. I'm keeping those things. But when your schedule is so packed, so that was the identification is that my schedule was always packed. So I was addicted to this hyperactivity. I was addicted to feeling stress, to be completely honest. I was addicted to the pressure of stress. Didn't understand how do you get successful without the overwhelm, without the stress, without the pressure. Wow. And that, not anxiety, that adrenaline was almost like a drug. Like, if the adrenaline's not there, then why are we doing this? So one is the awareness of that this was something that I dealt with from a young age and that it did bring me success. So I saw that by playing college athletics is like 
pack your schedule, work your butt off, do all these things for hours and hours and hours, and nothing else matters equals success. It worked. Like I got a scholarship, I played golf, had a great life. So why would I stop doing that? And then continued to go through work, but realized it's a pit. It's an empty pit. And why do I say it's an empty pit? Because you're still living in this stress. You're like running on a treadmill and you never get real rest. You're never feeling fulfilled. So it's like you get to one top of the mountain and then it's like you catch your breath for five seconds and immediately you're going back downhill so you can walk right back uphill. And it's it's never a, let me sit in this blessing. Nothing is ever good enough. Which means then you're never good enough. So it was kind of, if I reverse it, it started to be this relationship with God of like, God, how do you view me? How do you view your children? And by going into that conversation, I was able to realize like, here he loves us as we are. Yeah. He has forgiven us the second we decide to walk into faith with him and into relationship. So what is all this striving for? The striving was for to feel valued from external people or even internally to just feel like I'm not worthy if I'm not working 24 seven. Yeah. So realizing the lie, creating awareness and then saying, okay, God, going back to the conversation, then if it's not about striving all the time, what is it to look, what is it to work hard with you? What is it to be disciplined with you? And that goes back to the conversation of holiness and obedience is holiness and obedience is also to be a good steward of the things that God has given you, which is time. Our calendar is not our calendar. If my business isn't my business, then my calendar is definitely not mine. These 24 hours every single day. So recognizing after that awareness that my time is not my time, it's his time. Okay, God, how do you want to use this time? And that brought a lot of ease to me. At first, it was not easy. I will tell you, like, I was like, are you sure? Like, I don't want to surrender this. Yeah. But again, going back to the finance example and the business example is you start to see the blessing in the action. Say, okay, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to take the action that you're saying to take. I'm not going to, I'm not going to excessively put myself out there time-wise. I'm going to say no to more things yeah. and say yes to being with you more. So you, you sacrificed I don't want to even call it sacrifice, but you minimized the amount of time that you would spend on your business. Mm -hmm. um, and you increased the amount of time you spent with God. Yes. And what was the result? More money, more peace. That's wild. And more time. Like, I actually, this is like the weirdest thing to say because I lived, I never knew it was like called hustle culture when I was doing it. Like, I was just like, we grind, we go to the golf course and we work our butts off and like, that's what we do and everything else like doesn't matter. I didn't know it was hustle culture. I didn't know I was on a hamster wheel. Yeah. But to now think like I wake up in the morning and genuinely like want to ask God how he wants to use my time. Like that's exciting to me. People say like living a Christian life is so boring. Like, why would you want to do that? All these things are being taken from you and all this stuff. It's the most adventurous thing I've ever done. And it's exhilarating. At times, it's it's definitely a little like, whoa, this is overwhelming. Like, what's happening? Yeah. But that's what's so beautiful about it. Wow. It's freeing. That's amazing. That's beautiful. So, perfect segue into talking about your podcast. So, yeah. uh, 
Emma, you have a podcast that's going to be launching March 3rd. Uh, super excited for that. So tell us, uh, tell the audience, tell everyone, tell me, um, what can we expect from your podcast? What are you going to be talking about? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the podcast is called Break Free on Purpose. Love it. And I'm specifically talking to women to break free from lethal thought patterns and step into their God-given purpose. Awesome. But to get to all of those things, to get to what the mission was and the purpose and to the green light of filming and the name yeah. was all God. Yeah. I have always loved speaking. And I knew, though, that I would not do it unless God told me to do it because I could easily take advantage of, like, you know, just wanting to gain fame or whatever and it come from an unhealthy place so i've been praying on this for like since i started my business in 20 in 2019 on wanting to do a podcast but i'm only going to do it if i have a clear vision and god gives me the green light and so i got the green light at the beginning of january yeah so that's three and a half years of praying about a green light and saying god saying no not right now wow and me wanting to just do it on my own i almost tried to start a podcast by the way with someone else felt sick to my stomach and backed out and told her and that was god being shutting a door and then also part of that was fear there was a lot of fear that god needed to pluck out of me around doing this because I knew that this podcast was going to be something that was faith-based and that made me nervous I, yeah. feeling rejected so then I meet you who then I meet Gerald which those who don't who can't see Gerald right now he's the film person he's he's doing the creative he's the one producing all the videos like Gerald is a freaking angel y'all yeah a master of so Gerald and I speak and he shares his vision and we jump in and it's been absolutely seamless. You gracefully said I could film here. I didn't know where I could film. God has provided every resource and I'm sharing the podcast with people and every person is saying yes to sharing. And I'm like, this isn't about me. This is what God wants to do through this. And I truly believe that strongholds will be broken for women. Generations will be changed and God is going to glorify their purposes and make it really clear. Talk about shining the light. He's going to shine the light on people's purposes through this podcast. So this Friday. Yeah, let's go. That's so exciting. I mean, I've uh, I've been to a couple of your recordings and just seen how natural it is. But even in this conversation, you are you are like built for podcast <laughs> like you're just so poignant and uh organized and direct and energetic so um you're gonna crush your podcast with thank you so so for anybody that wants to watch emma's pod everyone that wants to watch emma's podcast you can go to uh emma's instagram mm -hmm. which is at emma marlette it's at E-M underscore Marlette. We'll put the... Uh, yeah, we'll put the, and we'll put the YouTube, we put the YouTube, everything. Yep, so um, I always wanted to do this. Yeah! Oh, click below. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
click below to, to check out um, Emma's podcast, uh, YouTube, Instagram, all that stuff. It's been a great conversation. Um, I think that um, it was just, it was great for me. I, I learned a lot about God and myself and, and, and which is, I think that the purpose of this podcast is just to, to have raw conversations about how we are experiencing God. And that's what we did today. So thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing so openly and honestly and vulnerably. Um, appreciate you. Thanks for having me. This was amazing. Glory generation. It's going to be incredible. Amen. Let's go. That's a wrap. Yeah. Whoa. 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 Whoa.